Hello, Assalamualaikum everybody. Hope you're all safe, sound and healthy. And yeah, what's going on? What's going on? A lot is going on. Um, we've got Palestine. Uh, we've got Hamas uh, that has finally uh, got some sort of an upper hand against Israeli soldiers. Um, Israel was uh, being a bit too arrogant, too over um, the way they were constantly attacking civilians, the way they brought in more Jewish civilians um, to attack the natives of Palestine and the way the world was siding with them, you know, the way the Western world has always sided with them very hypocritically. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, now very funny to see, um, you know, the shoe on the other foot, I guess. Because now suddenly everything is upside down. Suddenly the Western world is shaken up. And now suddenly Hamas has become once again, you know, the bad guy. It's amazing how those who defend their lands are the bad guys and the invaders are the good guys. In the Western, in the Western world, it seems that the aggressor, the attacker, the perpetrator is the hero. And the victim, the defender, um, the person who is fighting for their freedom and their rights, um, they are the villains. It's amazing, you know. I think Hollywood needs to um, up its game on that because it seems to be showing the complete opposite of the American motto or the Western world's motto or their prerogative on what is good and what is bad. Um, and, uh, you know, where on this side, you know, it's kudos to Palestine, um, you know, for uh, once again managing to, um, although, yes, I know, in return, obviously, um, Israel is just upping its attacks. But the point is that Hamas has managed to, uh, you know, arrest and detain some of those uh, people who were going around murdering kids and murdering women and old people and torturing people, civilians, for no reason. Uh, but so on one side you have Palestine that is still not ready to accept defeat. Um, they're still fighting for their land, for their freedom, for their rights. Um, and on the other hand you have Pakistan, where our own people are traitors, we have our own uh, amongst our own, uh, you know, we have people who are trying to suppress us and oppress us, um, those who are taking money from the U.S. And, you know, see, that's, again, that's what I'll say. The reason why Afghanistan and um, Palestine could never be invaded the, and the reason why Indian-occupied Kashmir is still known as occupied Kashmir um, is because these people are still fighting. They are fighting with their last breath. They're fighting with every fiber in their being. They are fighting, you know, um, with their, their, their... They have a lot of faith, okay? They're fighting with that. And in Kashmir also... They, they had no traitor as such. The, the one who betrayed them was not even one of them, you know. He was a Hindu and he uh, betrayed them. When they were a Muslim community, it was a Muslim state. And so you can't say that it's one of their own that betrayed them, number one. Um, number two, in Afghanistan also, 
although they did try to get as many traitors as they could and they sang praises of them in american um stories and films and movies calling them heroes but they were actually traitors to their own land but again because those traitors um at the end were not big enough traitors they were they held no important position no strategic position in afghanistan so you know afghanistan could never be invaded um similarly palestine because there are no traitors palestine cannot be invaded you have to have a traitor you have to have a mole you have to have somebody you have to have a fifth columnist in order to successfully invade a country um and that is why pakistan gets very easily um invaded because its own people do the invasion on behalf of the foreign states for money just for money for materialistic gains for worldly gains they would destroy their own people they would betray their own people and that is what the pakistani army has been doing for decades um that is what our media has done um that is what our politicians have done because they are all fifth columnists or they're all bitches of the riches mainly you no know, you can't even call them bitches of the riches they're more like bitches of us dollars and so um on that you know so this this is this is um pretty um you know you you can just see that that stark contrast when you have afghanistan palestine and kashmir occupied kashmir on one side and then you have pakistan you know a country like pakistan on the other side where our public still does not know or does not understand how important it is for the public to become violent and aggressive now the public is still you know going for peaceful means um you know giving them the silent treatment not going to their rallies and you know dismissing them um you know or at the most you know um surrounding them and and hurling abuses at them i mean that that is the most that our people seem to be able to get um you know and this will not help i've said this like a million times you know why pakistan has no future you know why 20 years ago i realized that pakistan is only going to go downhill and there is no real future it's because of the people it's because of the people because the people are so selfish and they're so lazy and they're so complacent um they have been like that you know for decades um so they've been so complacent so lazy so selfish um so self-centered and so narcissistic you know everybody is so narcissistic and so full of himself and so filled with ego in this country um that is why this country could never make any real progress you see gone were the people who founded this country gone were the people who left everything they had and came to this country gone were the people who you know who loved you know um the fact that they had this massive opportunity in life to make history to create a country and to build it and to you know make it reach to such heights and such peaks um those people are no longer amongst us um again because you know america and britain ensured that those people no longer remained amongst us and so instead they planted 
their own people. They planted traitors in the army, in the, who later on obviously went to the establishment, in the bureaucracy again, who went to the establishment, then amongst the politicians. But mainly, they, in, the, mainly they infiltrated our army. When you infiltrate a country's army, whose job is to provide security for that country. So when you've bribed the gatekeeper, then your house is no longer safe, you know. Um, you know, there's this old saying that we have um, in our country that it's always somebody from within. It's always somebody from within that will cause you loss and harm. And it's true. It will always be a servant who is privy to your affairs. Anybody who is privy to your affairs is in the position to strike you down. So every time, for example, there's a burglary at a house, you know, the first thing that comes to everybody's mind is, you need to check your servants. You need to check your gatekeeper. These are the two people we always... Uh, and why? Because 99% of the time, it really is either both of them in cahoots with each other or either one of them. It doesn't matter. But it's always one of them or both of them involved every single time. And then the police gets involved in this way that the police finds them and then the police says, okay, give us a percentage and we'll, you know, we'll create obstacles in the case and we'll make the case fizzle out. And that's what they do. And that same police, you can see that that same police, when they have to listen to their masters, the fifth columnists, then they are extremely efficient. They reach places before the crimes are even committed. They make up crimes. They make up encounters. They make up criminals. They make up charges, you know. But when an actual crime takes place, um, they work with those criminals when they're dealing with a real criminal, they always work with them. And obviously, that is why, you know, they're working with the fifth columnist, the real criminals. And here's a perfect example of, you know, why I have a problem with our people. Their complacency, which they think is endurance, which I think is slave mentality. Why? Because now, Again, I know people will argue with me that, you know, things have changed. But again, I would argue back things have not changed enough. Our people are still, you know, the movement that we saw in Pakistan, the movement of the public that moved as one under Imran Khan. And they, then they continued to move as one even after he was, um, you know, imprisoned or, you know, illegally kidnapped by the intelligence agencies and you know uh, illegally put in prison and all his charges are you know as we know they're all politically made up so even at that time when the people you know rose i think again i would say is that the mistake is that they when they when they um, were asked to calm down by imran khan they calmed down and then the momentum broke but again the momentum can begin again they need to rise collectively. Um, again, people in Kashmir are, you know, they they are up and about. They are protesting. They're all in. They're all one, right? The people in KPK in Gilgit Baldistan, they're all one. So those people have been at it for a long time. Why would Punjab and Sindh 
you know do it in you know spasms that's what i don't get i see spasms of, of protests i don't see consistency you need consistency you know how we actually got the elections done the first time in the history of pakistan the first fair elections which were i mean fair in the sense that they weren't even 100% fair but it was the it was the election in which we got at least what we wanted even though again um it's the way we got pakistan you know of the way the british swindled us out of certain states of pakistan it is the same way that their fifth columnists swindled us out of two thirds majority of the of the government that's fine but still you know we got we got the prime minister we wanted right and you know why because we rose for days and months and we didn't back down you know it it just intensified it didn't fizzle out you know we didn't have spurts and spasms here and there we had consistency and that is what now we need to have again in order to force these people to back off and to back down because now look what maryam nawaz is doing okay maryam nawaz is now punishing the people of shadara right because her rally that her so called rally that she called the jalsa was a it was an overwhelming fail seriously it was a fail a big fail okay nobody came um those who did come they were forced to come and all they did was stand there and insult her they called her a thief they said her whole family was a thief and they asked her what the hell she was doing there wasting everybody's time for and there were no more than 200 people as i've mentioned before and so because nobody came because the public refused and have been refusing to come to her her so called jalsas as you know um for the past 16 months um so what she did is that she ordered the lesco people and the uh sui gas people to shut down and the water supply people so she she ordered them to shut down their gas and water and electricity supply who's the people of shadara where she did the jalsa and now the people are again see this is my problem the people are complaining about it but they're not they're not you know they're not fighting back in the sense they're not attacking her back aggressively you know um i don't know why if if they were ready to attack shahbaz sharif just because they were so angry with what they did to with what the government the illegal government and the army the traitors what they did to usman dar usman dar you know and the, the that gunpoint interview of his that forced interview um you know they were so angry they were so furious they were so enraged that they wanted that they actually you know um attacked shahbaz sharif's car um not properly though again in my opinion they should have broken all the glasses and pulled him out and beat the shit out of him um instead of just trying you know to open the door and get him out and the door is locked man just break the glass pull him out and beat the shit out of him in fact kill him you know just kill him already 
well um so you know why are aren't they you know again um attacking maryam nawaz you know instead they're you know cr- they're crying and they're complaining that we had nothing to do with anything we live here she came and did her jalsa here we don't support her we never did okay and just because she knows that we support imran khan and because nobody came to her jalsa and now she's punishing us by cutting off our electricity supply our gas supply and our water supply so they're openly talking about it that is good but again why are you just complaining about it why are you just talking about it make a move you know retaliate you know show her who's boss we are boss she is just a thief and she's the daughter of a thief who is just going to again steal more from this land and then again run away back to england you know i mean she's a woman who whose character has been questioned a million times who has illegitimate children left right and center just like how her father has illegitimate children left right and center it's you know it's their family um i don't know how do i say it's in their family having illegitimate children is you know it's uh, particular to their family this is what they've always done you know their parents their parents parents and then their brothers and sisters and they themselves and now their children will probably do that too you know um the and you know it's 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 a family trait let's put it that way okay so yeah i i mean i i don't so on one side you see palestine you know working so hard you know the the people of palestine still fighting still working so hard and on the other hand you see the people of pakistan who cannot even fight against their own people who are suppressing them you know we are not being suppressed by another country directly we are indirectly being suppressed and oppressed by another country yes but directly who is right now in front of us who is doing the the dirty work who are the dogs you know we need to kill those dogs no more dogs no more hunting it's as simple as that we need to become the hunters and we need to retaliate because this is our land this is our country this land this country was created so that we could have freedom so that we could live the way we want to which we have never been able to do and that's the irony here we have never really been able to do that because right from the start we were infiltrated by fifth columnists and traitors and because we deliberately shut our eyes to that because we deliberately turned our heads away because we deliberately ignored it and by we i mean again our parents generation and their parents generation those two generations because of them pakistan is the way it is now and our generation needs to understand that i know imran khan is all for peaceful protest but listen we're right now we're not actually fighting for imran khan as much as we're fighting for our country we're fighting to get our country back into our hands right we are fighting to retain our ownership 
we are fighting to retain our freedom. So we need to find our own way, our own strategy to retaliate, and we need to find the, mo the most effective way. And the only effective way for the mass, who are the real owners of the land, the only effective way for the mass to take over control is to start punishing the civil servants for not doing their jobs well. I'm sorry, but that is the only way. Violence is really the only way left now. Why? Because you have seen what complacency and selfishness and laziness and endurance has done for the past 50 years. You know, and it's time we stop being show-offs and hypocrites and fakes. Okay, it's time we call a spade a spade. It's time we realize that there is no other way than to be violent. Um, I think that it we should declare war upon our enemies once and for all, and we should fight till the last breath. We should push them out, okay? And we should push them out in such a way that there is no way back for them. We should make sure that these people do not even survive because if they survive, they will again come back as they've always done. And they're very dangerous people, as you've seen. Each time they'll come back, things will be even worse than before. So you need to get rid of your slave mentality, okay? Um, you need to get off of your haunches, okay? And you need to fight. And I mean a bloody war, okay? We need to fight properly against them. We need to tell them who's boss. We need to show them who's boss. We need to remind them who's boss here. Why are you letting Maryam Nawaz illegally use state institutions against the state. Why? Wasn't it enough that she used the intelligence to kill journalists? Wasn't it enough that she used um, every single government department and institution for protocols? Her son is going to fucking America and he needs a protocol. She's going to a fucking Jalsa and she needs a protocol. Her father, the, th the thief of the century, um, he wants to come to Pakistan and he wants protocol. You know, and on the other hand, you know, they're threatening even their own people. They're threatening their own members, their own party members that, you know, if you don't come, um, you know, if Nawashif manages to come to Pakistan, if you people don't come to see him, to greet him, you know, to worship him, then, you know, we are going to uh, make your life hell. I mean, hello. The fact that they have come to threatening their own party members tells you everything. It tells you what they've lost. It tells you where they stand. So, you know, and the fact that their own party members are very openly talking about how they were bribed to pass those bills, those illegal bills, you know, pertaining to universities and pertaining to other bills regarding the constitution and all, and how they're talking about how, you know, during the elections every single time, I mean, they're now openly saying it. And why are they openly saying it? They are no longer scared of you. 
Get it? They are no longer scared of the public. Why? Think about that. And this is why we need to make them scared. There is no other way. I'll keep on saying that. There is no other way. Okay? The only way we can get everything back into our hands is by killing them all. And that is something that I do not expect our people to do. I do not expect our people to really work for it. I do not expect them to actually go for it to fight. And that is why Pakistan has no future. And that is why about more about 12 years ago, and even more than that, actually, um, you know, I knew that Pakistan was not a place for me to stay. And that is why I actually have always resented um, my parents for dragging me back to Pakistan, forcing me to stay here. And now they realize after 30 fucking years, now they realize that they were wrong, seriously. Seriously, I mean, I mean, this shows again, this shows what I'm talk, what I'm lamenting about, considering the people of Pakistan, how stupid they are and how they love to live in a la la land. They don't live in reality. They're delusional. They don't have the foresight. They're so busy looking for shortcuts every time. No wonder they have no foresight. You know, they don't know how to see far. For them, seeing 10 years ahead is far. For me, that is short sight. Me, if you ask me how I think, I think all the way to my death. That is how far I think. I think of every single consequence of every single step of every single thought. And I think of how, after how many years a certain consequence can take place and after how many years can things change again and I should be prepared. So my my plans always have another plan which has another plan which has another plan that I can adapt to according to the situation and make sure that I reach where I need to reach. And the only people who have ever, ever thwarted my plans are my parents, again, because I've always allowed them to, which is, again, something that is very wrong with our society, with the way we bring up our children, that even though they know we're wrong, they will, just to make us feel nice, you know, um, just so that they don't hurt our feelings, they'll do what we want. And then on the other side, we also have those weird children who will always do everything wrong in their life and we will always let them do whatever they want. It's amazing. It's amazing. I've seen that in every single parent in Pakistan that they always interfere with the lives of the kids that they should not touch at all because those kids already know exactly where they stand and what they have ahead and what they need to do. But they will never interfere with those stupid kids of theirs, you know, who will wreak havoc wherever they go. And this is why you have Pakistan. You have, you, I mean, look at the people in Pakistan. A good majority of them are those idiots who go around doing whatever they want to and creating shit for everybody else to clean up. This is why we don't have responsible adults. And this is why we don't have responsible children. And this is why we don't have responsible anybody. And this is why our country is in the state it is. Nobody even knows how to think for themselves properly. And nobody knows the difference between right and wrong. I mean, imagine, you know, I mean, you don't even have that much common sense to know um, who to stop from doing something wrong and who to leave alone because they're doing something right. And, you know, and this is, this is, all these things accumulate, as I said, every single thought of every single step, every single act has a consequence. 
And, you know, that is what you call the butterfly effect, actually. That is, in fact, it, you know, where every little thing leads to one big outcome. Every little thing from every different direction, you know, they all converge together into one big consequence. Okay, and that is what we're having right now today. That one big consequence of the past 50 years of deliberate ignorance, you know, deliberate, you know, and stupidity and short-sightedness, selfishness and narcissism, especially narcissism and egotism. I mean, they're always so busy measuring dicks, you know, that they, that they actually don't see what exactly the whole problem is. Everybody's so, so busy measuring dicks, you know. Like, you have got nothing better to do in life, right? And everybody's a pseudo-intellectual. And every journalist is, you know, an analyst and a senior analyst at that. And when they open their mouths, you're like, God, you people are so stupid. You know, and I mean, here's a good example of this uh, so-called journalist. I think his name is um, Adil Shabazz, right? Um, he's, he was, uh, I think he used to be in, uh, he used to work at BBC, I think. And then he came here and he joined Dawn uh, or Dunya, I think he joined Dunya. Um, before that, he joined Hum. I don't care what he joined or what he didn't. I was like, who is this guy? I don't even know him. I, don't, I never even saw him on BBC, I'm sorry to say. But I mean, actually, I'm not sorry to say. So I'm like, okay, who is this guy? I don't know him. And apparently, this guy was one of those, you know, pseudo-journalists who was basically hired by, you know, uh, Nawaz Sharif's party. And, you know, his main work here in Pakistan was to, you know, toot the horn of Nawaz Sharif, Shabazz Sharif, and to be the mouthpiece of the illegal government and, and the establishment and, and, you know, and to do their dirty work as, as many of the journalists in the mainstream media have been doing, as we know. We call them the lefafa journalists, you know. Lefafa meaning envelope, envelope meaning money. So these are those who take money from them, you know, and then they fabricate news. And he was one of them, you know, and he actually had the gall. Um, I don't know what he was thinking. I mean, Kamran Shahid has already suffered a huge backlash for the interview that he did of Smandar. The public went against Kamran Shahid, criticized him heavily, and he deserves it. I'm sorry, but he really does deserve it. Um, because why would a person like him do such a stupid thing? And then, as I mean, imagine how stupid or moronic or arrogant or narcissistic um, Adil Shabazz is that he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm going to do the next interview with Sadaka Dabasi, you know, the other PTI member who they were forcing at gunpoint to give an interview against Imran Khan, which he, at the end, you know, Dawn, as I said, um, decided not to air it. And obviously, it's not because Dawn really cared about the ethics of journal journalism, although they claim that. It's because they saw the backlash of Kamran Shahid, and they saw the backlash, and they knew that the public was already getting so aggressive that they, you know, surrounded Shabazz Sharif and wanted to pull him out of the car and beat him up. So, you know, what are they going to do next if, if we actually dare to air this forced interview, you know? So... I mean, I mean, you've got you've got such, such stupid morons. I'm, I mean, I think I'm being very generous and very kind to them when I'm calling them stupid because they're nowhere stupid. They're actually just dishonest and corrupt. 
you know, and they think they're so full of themselves. Now, these are the people you need to call self-righteous, you know. Um, you know, we always seem to want to call the very honest, very upright people self-righteous, but I think the people who are self-righteous, in my opinion, are these hypocrites, you know. Um, like the Americans who, uh, you know, who are always looking for excuses um, to, you know, on behalf of Israel, for example, you know, those are self-righteous people, you know. Um, people who are always looking for excuses on behalf of India's uh, occupancy of Kashmir, those are self-righteous, you know, because suddenly when it comes to Pakistan or when it comes to Palestine or Kashmir, um, suddenly their, their whole um, ability to differentiate between right and wrong is just gone out the window, yeah? Yeah. As I said, it's your turn next. When you aid and abet somebody who's doing something wrong, um, then it always boomerangs and it comes back to you. You become the next victim of that same perpetrator, by the way. That is the irony of life. And so Pakistan is the victim of its own egotism, its own narcissism, you know. Pakistan is the victim of its own traitors, fifth columnists. Pakistan is a victim of its own short-sightedness. It's, you know, it's a victim of its own selfishness. It's a victim of its own inconsideration, you know. Um, it's a victim of its own stupidity because there is nothing uh, more stupid than being so shallow and so ignorant and so artificial and so delusional, you know. And I guess many people would argue that the, in the whole world, you know, people are more or less, you know, majority people all over the world are the same. I don't care at the moment, you see. The problem is I'm stuck here. So I care about here right now, you know. The fact that I'm stuck in such a place where I am surrounded by such morons, that is what is disturbing me. The fact that Imran Khan seems to think, like my father, you know, that, you know, oh no, you know, which my father now realizes how wrong it was. This is something I've been telling him for 20 years and it takes him 20 years. To, I mean, again, as I said, this is, this is a, how a real Pakistani is, like it or not, that they are, it takes them 20 years to realize something. Now, Imran Khan is obviously 20 years ahead of the rest of this country, right? Um, like a few of us. But now here's where we differentiate from each other, or here's where, I mean, I would say we become a little more different. I realized a long time ago that this country is just not worth it. Its people are not worth it. Because as long as the people are not ready to change themselves, I'm sorry, but you can do whatever you want. This country cannot change. And it's already been proved now. This has been proved. It took how many years for people to realize this and to now say it out loud? You can think about it yourself. How many years, you know? Um, how many years did it take Imran Khan, you know, to realize that it doesn't matter, no matter how hard he works, no matter how high up he goes, no matter how much power he tries to accumulate so that he can do this country the service of bringing it back to its glory days. It cannot happen if the people themselves are useless. You know? And telling the people over and over again that, you know, you need 
to, you know, you need to bring the change from within as well is also useless because our people just don't even want to work that hard. For them, even that is too hard. I mean, imagine what kind of lazy bums we have in this country that even that is too hard for them. You know, they all talk about it. They all talk the talk, but nobody walks the walk in Pakistan. Neither the journalists, nor the PhD holders, nor the, the, the politicians, or, you know, or even the, 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 the you know, so-called scholastic people, the scholars, you know. I'm sorry, but they're all, in my opinion, they're all fakes. Okay, they're all fakes because they all, at the end of the day, are so full of themselves and they're so stupid. They're so, so stupid, you know, because they're so full of themselves. If they could just manage to get their heads out of their asses, you know, then they would actually see. They would actually see the reality versus the vision within their ass that they've been seeing for so long, you know? And that will never happen, obviously. Two generations have already passed, never getting their heads out of their asses. Our generation got fucked because of that. But now our generation is so tired, we don't even know what to do anymore. We just keep on protesting and protesting and, you know, and, and, and we know, we know in our hearts that we have to be sadists, we have to be violent, we have to start setting things on fire. But, you know, somehow, because our parents have made us into such, such weirdos that, you know, that we think a thousand times before where we're like, oh, no, maybe, maybe we shouldn't go to that extreme. No, 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 maybe, maybe, maybe. We're always in that maybe land, thanks to our parents, who have never allowed us to get out of that maybe shit, you know? The biggest disadvantage of being a desi. And here we are, stuck, and the next generation getting even more confused, even more misplaced, and even more psychotic, to be honest. I mean, we had mental health issues, but the next generation is absolutely psychotic. And who's to blame them? I mean, seriously, how can you blame them for that? We are products of weird freakazoids. That whole generation was a freakazoid. And we are the products of that. And so imagine what the next product is going to be that's coming out of us. Yeah, they're all psycho cases. And not the good kind. Not the kind that would have leadership skills. No, no, no. The other kind. Yeah, the mental kind. Not the good one. So that's a worrying issue here. But I guess even they wouldn't have it in them to set these people on fire. I guess that's going to be at the end of us, I hope. But again, has any hope ever come true? I think Imran Khan should have also just stopped um, with that hope, you know. I think he should never have wasted his life, his degree, his qualification, his amazing life. He should never have wasted it for the people of Pakistan. I'm sorry, but I still don't think they deserve it. You want to show me you deserve it? Stop whining and talking. You know, go out there and actually do something. You know, as one big united fireball, just go out there and do something. 
why am I having spurts and spasms of protests here and there? Why? Why is not the whole country locked down for crying out loud as in 100%? Why is it that only portions of the country is 100% locked down? Why is Punjab not locking itself down? Why is Sindh not locking itself down? What the hell are you waiting for? You're waiting, oh, you're waiting for that miracle to happen that Imran Khan will come out again? I'm sorry. Right now, you need to work hard to make sure that he does actually come out alive. Okay? Stop sitting on your asses and waiting. Stop lamenting about how um, you're being tortured by the illegal government. Fight back. Okay? It can't be just a few of us fighting back every single time, you know? It can't be like that. I was frankly very surprised when the whole country rose up in arms against these people, you know, right before the elections and right after Imran Khan was ousted. I was really surprised. But I, to be honest, I still had no real hope because I knew, I knew our people. That, that was the whole point. And see, where are they? They should never have stepped down. They should have... If that day, the day, the fact that they stepped down that day um, was the biggest mistake, and they know it. The public of Pakistan, they are painfully aware of the fact that that was the biggest mistake they could have made by stepping down because Imran Khan said, step down, calm down, don't do anything, you know. That was the biggest, biggest mistake. Nobody should have stepped down. The people should have just continued to surge in and protest and forced the others to step down. You know, I, I'll keep on, and, and you'll see, you'll see that and now people will, people have started to agree with that. And even, even I'm sure even Imran Khan is probably thinking, okay, yeah, okay, that was a big mistake. I shouldn't have stopped them then. I should have let them out because now in confusion, you know, now people are just, you know, half are out and half are in and half are confused. That's what's going on here, you know. Don't think people are scared. No, as I said it before, the people of Pakistan are not scared of these a-holes. The people of Pakistan are just confused as always, you know, because they were so used to living in a delusional la-la land that, you know, they're now confused when faced with reality, that they just don't know what to do and how to do. And so there are these mixed reactions. As I said, the only people who are actually putting up a united front are the people in the north, but the people of Punjab, they're like, you know, scattered everywhere. You have a few thousand here, a few thousand there. That's not how it works. The whole of Punjab needs to shut down. The whole of Sin needs to shut down. I'm sorry. I know Karachi is the most unreliable city when it comes to this. But you know what? I think Karachi can still also do it. And for Lahore, that used to be the one to always step up. I'm sorry, but now you are even worse than Karachi because everybody expected you to step up and you're still taking your sweet time, you know? I'm not going to the jalsas and, you know, surrounding cars like every now and then. It's not going to help. Again, you need to be consistent. It needs to be every day, day in, day out, like how we did before the elections and right after. Again, I'll repeat myself like an idiot because that's what we do when we live with idiots. We repeat and we repeat and we repeat and we know nobody's still going to do anything anyway. So it's a waste of breath. And as usual, they'll be too late when they start. They'll be late as we already are late as you can see 16 months have passed um they're dragging it till next year i think it will be dragged i'm sorry i don't see any future for pakistan i just can't envision it um 
And if I can't envision something, then I'm sorry to say it means that in the near future, there is nothing that I can see positive happening. But I'm, and I'm not even hoping, I'm sorry, I can't even hope because as I said, my observation of the people of Pakistan for the past 30 years has led me to this point. It led me to this point like a long time ago because as I said, I know people, I read people like the back of my hand within seconds, minutes. Reading my country, no big deal, you know. I realized a long time ago that Imran Khan should have just kicked everybody and left. He should have just left, seriously. He should have gone. He wasted his youth. He wasted his life. He waste, He's wasting his old age for people who don't deserve it. I know he believes that he's, you know, he's on a mission. But I think he should have left that mission a long time ago. I know I did. I know I realized it like more than a decade ago that this country is going nowhere, man. I am not wasting my time with the people of this country anymore. I'm not going to do anybody favors anymore. I'm not going to do anything anymore. You know. So. But just for the sake of Imran Khan's determination. I hope. I hope he gets to see what he wishes to see. I hope. He comes out alive and well, and I hope he continues, um, you know, to seek his dream. But in my opinion, the past cannot be brought back. Pakistan's glory days cannot be brought back until, again, until we wipe every single institution out of existence and then restructure them from scratch. The army, the establishment, the bureaucracy, the judiciary, the uh, utility supply companies like electricity, water and gas and oil and, you know, resources, um, those that deal in, in the country's resources, um, every single institution um, that is state-owned and whose job it is, is to make the state um, well-rounded you know every single institution needs to be uprooted and revamped restructured rebuilt from scratch there is really no other way and we all know that that is near impossible in real life in practical life it's near impossible you know and this is why Pakistan has no future and this is why we have bitches like Mariam Nawaz, on a rampage. We have bitches like Mariam Nawaz who actually dares to punish the public. I mean, do you own the public? Did your mother give birth to the whole public of Pakistan? She must have been a very busy woman. Explain to me how you own this place. Explain to me how you own the people, bitch. Just explain it to me. And this is me signing out for the Hafiz.